Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Well, hi ho, everybody, and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher. Thanks for joining us, as always, here on your weekly reminder of how to make food and make money. You know, we've got an interesting one today. My good friend, Ben Anderson, is here to talk a little bit about his experience in some growing segments of our industry. What am I talking about growing? Well, there's some different things that are out there right now that we're hearing a little bit about and a lot about in other places. You know, mobile, mobile's not going away. It's only going to grow and casual dining, unfortunately, is not doing so hot. So we got to find ways to make food and make money. We got to, we got to get on the boat we got to find the trends. We got to identify them. We got to figure out how to be a part of that wave. And for, uh, my good friend, Ben is here to do that with us. So without further ado, let's listen to him and hear a little bit about his story and his background. Most recently over the last seven years, a little over, I've worked in food tech, I would call it, uh, very related to the higher ed industry, but also within healthcare and corporate dining, and really how you bring mobile, mobile retail, point of purchase technology into a variety of ecosystems and how that blends with you know, broader food and industry trends that are impacting you know, a wide variety of, of verticals. So let's, well, let's talk a little bit more about how did you, you know, what, what's your background? Did you go to school for that? Did you have mentors that kind of pushed you in that direction? Um, you know, what are, what was kind of your journey? Uh, about seven years in financial services and broad sales and marketing role, ran a couple of different teams there and had the opportunity again, a little over seven years ago to switch coasts and join a, a young company at the time by the name of Topingo, really focused on the higher ed market and bringing really an early mobile ordering platform into that environment, integrated with meal plan systems and a variety of the other specific nuanced technology for that market segment. And then this seven year period has really been a, an interesting time for me. I had some food service experience. One of my first real jobs was a, a pizza cook and pizza delivery actually. And, you know, having gone now, you know, 30, 20 years from there, really seeing a lot of not just food technology change, but just how retail technology has been changing more broadly and how that's impacting the food service environment. So let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of the common or, or the, uh, the current food service environment and, uh, and kind of what you're seeing out there. You know, you've, you've been around for a little bit. You've seen some different ebbs and flows. You know, what are, what are some of the, what's the current climate that we're in right now? I think there's a whole, there are a whole lot of trends in things that are changing pretty dramatically within food service. Um, first and foremost, the labor environment continues to change pretty dramatically especially over the last couple of years, that's having an impact in a variety of ways, you know, staffing, the obvious, 
you know, also promoting or pushing technology in certain areas, especially when you talk about that point of purchase. So I think that it really jumps out to me as the most. And the flip side, you have a whole host of non-technology trends, you know, local, sustainable, various, you know, organic, all our attention to allergens and sort of a whole layer of things that um, were always important, but never really uh, as important day to day into both the consumer side of things and the operator side of things. So you've, you've worked for, um, you've worked for a few different companies. You've been involved in kind of the, um, you know, the software side as well as some of the sales and marketing, some of the, some of the sides of the business that maybe um, are, are important, but operators don't always see day to day. So talking about that a little bit, the, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, the current environment of, of convenience and delivery and, you know, some of the different things that you're seeing out there right now, um, how as operators can people really capitalize on some of these trends? You know, we've, our customer is much more educated than they've ever been before. They know what trends are out there. They know what availability is. They know about ingredients and they want to know everything about them. I mean, they want to know where, where the chicken came from. They want to know where the eggs were laid. They want to know, you know, all these different specific things. And so they're much, much more educated than maybe they have been in the past. With that said, what is it that they, as an educated public, are, are really demanding from us as operators right now that we can, we can kind of capitalize on? Yeah, great question. I think the, the way for me to start that is to divide the market up in a few categories. And I think that's kind of part one of, of what's critical are there are so many changes happening, but that doesn't mean that those are universally true for all scenarios. So let me give you an example. You know, you mentioned delivery and convenience. Now, to, to, to me, and I think to everybody, that's clearly one of the most prevalent changes and trends and evolutions over this last decade and really even more so in the last three to five years. Now, that's, I think, just one piece of the puzzle, right? That may be really critical for the late night day part or um, depending on you know, what kind of operation you're running, you know, to, to be able to feed in and, and, you know, enhance throughput during lunch, that type of thing. But at the same time, there are other trends, as we've discussed, that I think are equally as important, but not being driven by the same desires and needs from the consumer. So example, uh, authenticity, authenticity of the brand, authenticity of, of, you know, in the physical world, that's plating, that's how you, you know, receive it how you're welcomed into the space, the ambiance. Uh, obviously, the food is part of that. But now, as we live, as, as, as we've discussed in this world where many more dishes and, and meals are served via delivery, creating authenticity is, can, be, can be different. So that's where we see the evolution of ghost kitchens, being able to take one facility, an existing facility even, and rather than just continue to extend the menu out, actually break that out and create separate menus and, and virtual storefronts within that. So I think it's first and foremost, and I think holistically, it's about sort of figuring out as an operator what you're trying to accomplish by day part, by consumer group, and then understanding um, you know, how the consumers are really trying and what's, you know, what matters to them 
for that day part or for that type of food or for that market or that location. And then understanding that these tools that exist are, you know, one size fits all tools, but really it's more about understanding the changing landscape and then making sure that as an operator, you one, define what you're trying to accomplish. And then two, really understand what sort of changes and nuances are happening, especially for that part of the, of the, of the food segment industry for the market. Well, I think you, I think you bring up a good point is that there are a lot of universal principles when it comes to food service and business and and marketing and things, but there's also a lot of very specific nuances depending on your, your customer group, your, the market segment that you're going after. And, and I think you bring up a very interesting, uh, very kind of new concept that we're just starting to kind of explore and just starting to see kind of come on the market and that being ghost kitchens. So talk a little bit about ghost kitchens and kind of the evolution of of what it was to what it is currently. Yeah, definitely not an expert, but but I'd say what, what it means to me is how you, as a food service provider, whether at the very local level of running a, a local pizza shop or running a large operation, you know, food service program across states or counties or wherever you may be, it's this idea of how we utilize the existing space in the most effective and efficient way. So at the base level, uh, a situation that I talk a lot about with my clients in the higher ed food service is you have a dining hall, let's say it closes at 10 p.m., yet a dorm, you know, half mile away is ordering pizza till 4 a.m., right? Well, what prevents you from leveraging that nice pizza oven that you have in a closed facility with a you know with a highly reduced labor model have a couple people staying late making pizzas and then leveraging what would be a mobile shop for people to be able to order and then leveraging the existing kitchen and equipment to be able to provide food in that way so that, you know that's sort of a specific concept of higher ed more broadly we're seeing it in a whole host of ways uh, one being you know entities coming out and actually buying or or leasing large commercial kitchens and then rather than you know as a restauranteer having to have this huge startup cost of opening up a kitchen allowing a group of restauranteers to come in set up shop and then whether it's you know all as part of this large facility or even renting different days or different day parts being able to leverage the equipment in the space that's there and then relying on uh you know this sort of new mobile world where people are interfacing with your brand through their phone, not physically as they walk into your restaurant. Well, and it's, it it really is one of those things that, you know, one of the challenges I think we have as operators on a, on a day-to-day basis is maximizing our investment, our investment in the space, our investment in the equipment, and to be able to kind of use this concept and and really think outside the box. Because really at the end of the day, you know, a, a lot of these options have pretty much always been available, but now we're just starting to kind of think outside the box and trying to maximize our investment in in these different assets that we have, um, whether it be the space or the equipment or whatnot. You know, I, I'm curious to think, uh, you know, what the future brings with this, uh, you know, not just ghost kitchens, but 
delivery, um, our, our labor situation, you know, labor is not getting any cheaper. Uh, in fact, it's getting significantly more expensive across the country, especially in the upcoming years with new legislation and things. And I think that we all have to kind of think differently as to how are we going to stay sufficient? How are we going to stay above water when we're having to pay these higher minimum wages and, you know, all these different changes that are coming, coming our way. And, you know, this seems like a, a very applicable and very realistic way that we can kind of do some of those things, but we really have to kind of think outside the box. So with that said, you know, what are, what are some different ways that you think that our operators can really think outside the box in addition to maybe ghost kitchens, but just generally speaking, what are some things that you see that people could do to maybe really improve their operations or do better than maybe they're already doing? Sure. I, I think there's a lot out there as we discussed before. And in some ways the challenge becomes not getting overwhelmed with the new technology or new service or the new concept. I, you know, I'm sure both of us have spent time at the National Restaurant Association show and just seeing the endless rows of new companies that are that are coming into the space. I know uh, even as someone that sort of spends their time and, and prides themselves on being aware of what's out there, it very much can can be overwhelming. So I think I think w- with that as the lens, um, a couple kind of high level things I, I think I'd like to. To, to mention there. One is, you know, even as someone that spends a lot of time in food tech, I think it's it's clear that that's not in and of itself, you know, the solution, meaning um, authenticity, as we said before, creating a, a good consumer experience. That is still important and popular. What I would encourage people to think through is when you know what when the consumer wants that versus something else, right? So example being if it's lunch and I got to grab some food quickly, my optimal experience is very different than if I'm sitting down to a nice Italian dinner with a bottle of wine, right? So understanding first that it isn't one size fits all. And then as we look specifically at technology within food service, I try to divide it really into these three areas. So what's impacting the point of purchase? So that's where we see kiosks and mobile, um, even you know voice, ordering and things like that are, are coming into play more both within you know dining but also more broadly within retail uh, secondly how things are impacting the back of the house so here we're starting to see more around robotics you know there are entire concepts now that are fully automated um, you know obviously if you're you know running a small coffee shop investing in a large robot coffee maker or a large you know, robot smoothie machine may not be optimal, but if you're designing a health club and trying to figure out ways to leverage space in a in a, the current labor environment, they may be really loose, useful. And then the one that I think we've circled around a few times is how this point of pickup or this point of delivery is changing dramatically. And I think that's where we'll continue to see a whole lot of change. Um, autonomous vehicles will have a huge impact on delivery, right? You can just envision this world where there's this constant delivery network that's just sort of logistically optimized, delivering groceries or food or wherever it may be on an ongoing basis. Uh, I think also micro robotics. So we're seeing some of this now on colleges, campuses, and other facilities where we're actually utilizing little robots to deliver, um, you know, a coffee or a sandwich to a dorm or something like that. And I think those will be more applicable in environments 
like healthcare or business dining where there's an advantage, you know, where people are sort of hustling through their, their lunch rush very often. So I think there's, there's a whole lot there, um, you know, to, to say, you know, you know, what makes sense for an individual restaurant or an operator, I think is entirely on, you know, what they're trying to accomplish in their business and understanding, you know, this, this principle that there are these various consumer groups that continue to operate with you as a, as a dining provider. And depending on both day part, you know, location, et cetera, uh, you know, what the best solution or what might create the best result and help you grow your business or help you acquire more clients is very much going to be dependent on, you know, the, the nuances of your business yourself. Well, I think you make a great point that there are a lot of individual nuances with each business, and but the overarching principle here to really be successful, regardless of whether it's food service or anything else, is that you have to be continually educating yourself and you have to be aware of what's out there because a lot of times once you see something or you experience something that gives you a whole different perspective um, or take on things as to you know what's possible or how you can individualize it for your business and so I, I think you make a great point there now if if someone out there is interested fi in finding out more about you and your background and you know the different things that you do um, what's a good way to do that yeah, best probably reach out to me on LinkedIn, Benjamin Anderson, working with Grubhub. Our company was acquired about a year ago. I've been working with a company called Topingo for about six and a half years prior to that. Um, and just as, as an add-on too, I, I think a huge piece of what you said that just that resonates more and more now than ever is this idea that because things are changing so quickly, it's really about adopting a mindset of thinking forward, you know, the five, 10 years of how things will continually change. So a great example of that is now as we're designing locations, you know, various retail concepts, really thinking through how the pickup area is designed, right? How the, the counters are designed, you know, does it make sense to add kiosk or technology and, and does that mean, you know, larger pickup areas? Does it mean, you know, utilizing, um, pickup areas and, and, you know, behind the scenes areas for delivery in a, in, a, in a nuanced way, right? Designing or creating pickup spots specifically for, for third-party delivery. So just understanding, especially in the, in the back of the house, in the kitchen design, the front of house, in all aspects, that designing for change is going to be continually more critical. Well, as they say, the only constant is change, and I think that uh, <laughs> I think that our industry is uh, is a poster child for that. So, I appreciate your time and your insights today. I think you've you've given us a lot to thinking about and and a lot to kind of uh, chew on. So, or look forward to possibly catching up with you in the future. I appreciate that, Sean. Thanks for the time as well. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.